Yes, I'm Dutch. Dyslexia, audio transmission. Welcome to Dis and That, the podcast from the Dyslexia Association of Ireland. I'm Donald Ewing. I'm Michelle Kinsler. And this evening we are absolutely delighted to have Jane McGrath, uh, the Irish actress whom you might know from things such as Red Rock. Um, and Jane has uh, very kindly come in to speak to us about her experiences with dyslexia. So thank you, Jane. Yes, thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Thank, thank you for you. having me. Um, so with what we normally do on the podcast is we have a large hat that we take questions from. So are you happy for us to ask you a few questions? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Okay. great. Shall I get the hat out? Get yeah, the hat, the hat out, please. Oh, it's a very large hat. It's a very large hat. Okay, so I'm going to... Would you like to take one first, Michelle? Yeah, I'm going to have a little rummage around make sure it's... Um, that the things are mixed up. Okay, here we go. Okay, so Jane, would you like to take your first question? Uh, sure, yeah. Okay. Okay, what have you got here? So You read it because I can't read. That just would be very <laughs> unfair to me. Okay, so this question then is, um, oh, okay. When did you find out you were dyslexic? Can you tell us about that? I suppose um, I was born in 1988, which is, for me, it feels like a long time ago. And um, I wasn't diagnosed until I was 15, which was very late, mm -hmm. but that's only when it started to become a knowing thing about dyslexia. So I found primary school very difficult and I found it very hard to catch up with everybody. So when I went into secondary school, it was actually my principal um, that got notes from various different teachers in the classes and they said I was struggling a bit and I just thought I was stupid. Like I'd call myself the most horrendous things like a failure and stupid and you know um, so my principal got on to my mother and said I think Jane might have dyslexia would you like to get her tested and my mom was like gosh I didn't even think of that she didn't even know what it was you know nobody really did when I was in primary school and um, so I was I was about to do my fourth year exams but I got pulled out of them which was brilliant okay. <laughs> didn't have to do them so we had this um uh, we had a lady came over to the house from the dyslexia association and it was a long day of you know questions and puzzles and you know every little thing imaginable that tests your brain um it was a very tiring day but very beneficial because she was able to almost tell me how my brain worked and she said, so you, you actually do have dyslexia. And it was, I'm thinking about it now, it was such a relief. Okay. We just cried. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I was just, sorry, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was just, it was, it was just a relief. Mm -hmm. And so then I could move forward from there. Yeah. And get the help I needed, yeah. you know. And the Dyslexia Association were amazing. Uh, so I had um, after school, maybe on a Saturday, come in the morning or the evening time and I'd be focusing on, you know, certain subjects that I found very difficult. And I did better in my exams because of that. And it was it was a confidence thing as well. Right. Um, yeah. Did your confidence increase once you knew you had dyslexia? And that a little bit. It, it, I suppose it made me accept it okay. rather than fighting against it mm -hmm. and all these different skills and tools you're taught mm -hmm. um, 
to help you understand something the way it would help you get get something you know okay. um, unfortunately there's some things that I'm just not going to be good at and I am, I'm able to accept that so um, in between acting jobs I'm working in a cafe so I hadn't worked in a cafe before so I mean it's been a long time since I used a till and it's a very old school till where you have to manually type in all the numbers and the amount of mess ups I've made mm-hmm. and I just had to forgive myself and then you know, because my boss and all the other staff would be really good at it. And they're mm. like, blah, blah, blah. So it's all you have to give her back is this and and take this from her. And yeah. Whereas I've had the confidence now to be able to go, okay, just I need to take my time with this and yeah. type it in manually, do the subtotal, you know, look clearly at the notes and make sure I'm not adding stuff up wrong. And, and it's it's absolutely fine, you know. Okay, that's yeah. <laughs> really good. It's good to have the confidence as well to say, I need to wait, give me a chance, give me a yes. minute. Because yeah. I think you get overwhelmed in situations. I know for some people it can be very overwhelming and it then can be, panic yeah. sets in yes. and then you make more mistakes. Exactly, exactly. Especially for, for kids in school, you know, because exams are a very stressful mm-hmm. time because you, you're in one class and you have to be 100% in this class. Yeah. But yet, you know, I don't want to speak on behalf of everyone, but I know from my dyslexia, I'm thinking of all the other classes that I need to yes. catch up on. So I've sort of carried that with me into my adulthood in such as I need to be ahead of the game constantly. Right. So if I'm going in for a job interview or an audition or a rehearsal, I... I'm almost over prepared if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's almost that thing we spoke about earlier, confidence over competence, you know, which which comes first. Yes, yeah. But it, it's a fine balance and you have to not be afraid to make mistakes and just be willing to play and uh, be willing to fail actually. I yeah. think that was a, a hard thing for me was um this feeling of failing and it was a negative thing okay. when in fact it wasn't. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit more about that when it was like a negative thing, but in fact it wasn't? Can you just talk about that a bit more? Yes, I suppose um, I went to Loretto Fox Rock Secondary School and the teachers were incredible. They really were. And they were they were just trying to suss out how my brain worked. So we started um, reading To Kill a Mockingbird and I mean, I still don't really read books, to be honest. I yeah. read books if they're kind of educational. I find it hard to read uh, fiction mm-hmm. because there's so much detail and names. And these people that read Game of Thrones and, and uh, I just like, oh my gosh, can't do it. <laughs> um, so we had to read To Kill a Mockingbird for our junior cert. And I just couldn't get any of the words in. And um, so one of the teachers actually came up um, with these mind maps and I think she, she obviously got it from the Dyslexia Association right. so she gave me a, a blank sheet of paper and she gave me loads of colours I was like brilliant yeah. <laughs> I don't have to open the book <laughs> so um, we read one chapter and we drew out the whole chapter in, in a tree very good so um, we started off you know the first chapter is a branch yeah. and then it goes off into smaller branches okay. and it goes into another area of the tree which is all characters so then when I'm studying I can just take out this mind map and it just okay. it's, it's so visual. much clearer yeah okay so having that visual representation works yes. for you yeah um, exactly that's a really good tip because a lot of times uh students adults anybody they're wondering how can I make the information more simple so that's one good yeah. way of doing it it doesn't work for everybody but yes it yeah. can be quite helpful and then as mm-hmm. you say colors as well so yeah. you're getting to kind of 
explore just your creative side a little bit maybe absolutely and they do say that a lot of um, artistic people are dys- dyslexic because their mind just works in a different way not mm-hmm. in a bad way yeah um you know and I, I mean I suppose the thing is you have to not be ashamed of it either yes know? yeah that's mm-hmm. a really important point um because I think some people think sh- they're ashamed of the fact that they're yes. and embarrassed getting, and embarrassed yeah, yeah getting tripped up at the tail as you say at the tail, or, or even filling in forms or um you know I've I have I suppose audible dyslexia can you say that audible dyslexia yeah. um so if somebody's giving me information um it doesn't all go in so I have to go sorry would you mind saying that again in a different way and they go okay and they're very patient mm-hmm. whereas in school I'd just be sitting there and it just goes in one ear and out the other right. and I was like what did I just say and I was like, I'm like you weren't listening you know you're being lazy and yes you yeah. know which is not the case not it's just at all that you're exactly. not taking it in and I just hope um it's great to see that it's being more well known now mm-hmm. so that these little girls and boys don't grow up feeling this anxiety, this shame, this embarrassment, this sense of, you know, devaluing themselves, you know, because I, I did that a lot when okay. I when I was a kid. Yeah. But it's great now to see children from the age of four being diagnosed and just people understanding how their brain works. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful thing. I, it's great. That's brilliant. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Thanks for going there. I know it's not easy to revisit stuff that happened, you know, <laughs> okay. when, when you're 15. No, that's why I'm here. <laughs> so, Jane, you said you were um, identified as dyslexic at 15. Um, why do you think it wasn't picked up when you were at, you know, a national school, at primary school? Mm. I suppose I can only speak from my, my own experience, but... Um, I suppose if we kind of bring our ancestors into play here, and I don't know if it's a, a full society thing or an Irish thing, but there's this sense of pride and, um, you know, you're not this, you're not that, you know, you're not stupid, you're, you know, stop messing around, stop mm. being lazy. And you'd get hit in school, you know, if you didn't understand something. And I've been lucky that that hasn't happened to me, but it has happened to my parents, you yeah. know. And I think um, my, my mother has a bit of dyslexia. And of course, she's she's only realised now when we're chatting. She, you know, she's helping me with my homework. I th- I think I might have a bit of dyslexia as well. You know, um, whereas back then it was seen as a very negative thing, and you were just mm. shut up, and it was suppressed, and mm. it uh, has a negative domino effect. Then, yeah, I think that's it. And if a teacher was listening to this podcast now had someone in their class, say, I don't know, second class, and thought they might be dyslexic, but doesn't want to label the child, is mm-hmm. worried about, you know, the effects of labelling children, what what advice would you give to them? I suppose just um, keep an eye on them in the class and ask them if they're okay or if, you know, see if the... Because okay, another thing is, I'd be in class and I wouldn't understand something, and I'd be too embarrassed to ask. Mm. So I turned to the girl next to me, and I always sat beside the really bright girls, and uh, or my or my friends, of course. <laughs> but well, they were very smart, and I'd always be kind of looking at what they're doing and whispering, going, "What did she say?" And like, and why is that? And then all of a sudden, the teacher would think you are messing, mm. and then you get sent out of class. And I'd say, 
I was just asking her about, yeah, right, you know, when in fact just breathe, sit back and go, okay, I'll talk to her after class and go, okay, what, what weren't you understanding there? Um, let's see if we can help you with yeah. it. Yeah. Rather than immediately going to that result that somebody is lazy or not paying attention or, sure. you know, distracted. So don't assume that you know what's yeah. going on. In the yeah, first yeah. Okay, Jane, you've just, uh, ex- you're very excited. There's an audition for something coming up. You get the script through the post or in an email. I don't know how that works. Mm-hmm. But you have to prepare and you've got 24 hours. I don't okay. know if that's realistic. But uh, anyone would probably find that a bit challenging. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got to rehearse quite a few pages of lines, but you're dyslexic. What do you do differently? What are the specific solutions that you come up with? Well, let's say it's a theatre audition. Um, you're not usually expected to be off book okay. um, because you're almost getting ahead of yourself and you don't really have that much room to play then. Um, but I suppose one of the things that I can do is over-prepare because it's that thing of, like I said before, trying to get ahead of the game mm. and feeling like you're constantly falling behind. So one example is um, auditioning for a Shakespeare play and it's written in a specific way and it's, it's Shakespeare is actually a dyslexic person's best friend because <laughs> he tells yeah because he tells you where to breathe he tells you where the thoughts are and what I love about Shakespeare is it's so poetic and full of color and um, it just I get very excited when I'm auditioning for Shakespeare whereas some people are like he might as well just be speaking gibberish you know yeah. Um, but I do enjoy the process, and I think being being an actress and having dyslexia, you you have to enjoy the process because it's not about getting all the parts. Yeah. Um, you you might get one out of ten, you know that kind of way. Yeah. So, be willing to go in and just play, and not try and be perfect, because I think that I don't want to speak. Like I say, I don't want to speak on behalf of all everybody with dyslexia, but with my dyslexia. I strive for perfection in everything I do. Okay. And I'm still learning that since I was diagnosed when I was 15, which was not that long ago. Okay, it was a long time ago. Not that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so just going, going easy on yourself, okay. really going easy on having fun and be willing to play and discover so you don't have to be word perfect necessarily. It's more about trying to catch yeah. the director's eye or ear. Yes, and one thing I do is I type out the whole scene in big writing. Okay. Um, and there's that dyslexia friendly font. Yeah. Um, I use that if if I want to read a novel, mm. um, it helps a lot. Um, and if I'm auditioning for for something, I usually type out the words really big so that if I just need a cue, I just glance down it's there whereas before I didn't learn that skill that I needed to do that so I would um the words would just dance okay that that's what happens when I when I look at dialogue I'm used to scripts now because it's my job but when you're nervous you know Mm. and you really love the part and you want to do your best that it's it feels like 
the page turns into Alice in Wonderland and it's just like, you know, jumping around the place. You're like, what's going on? I can't do this. And do you have a good, once you memorise lines, do you find you're just as good as anyone else? No. If I'm honest, I have to work very hard. Give me a quote from Shakespeare now, just for our listeners. Oh my goodness. I played this melancholy queen in Richard II. And... Bushy Baggett and Green are telling her to stop moaning, you know. And she says, oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm going to be very nerdy here now because it's it's written in verse and it tells you where to breathe. So okay. um, Shakespeare is in beats. It's called iambic pentameter, which is de-dum-de-dum-de-dum-de-dum-de-dum-de-dum. So it's like a heartbeat. Um, so to please the king I did, to please myself, I cannot do it. Yet I know no cause why I should welcome such a guest as grief. So he tells you where to breathe, cool. if that makes sense. So he tells you where the character is coming up with the next thought. Okay. And once you trust that, it's, it's amazing. So you're not kind of trying to take have your own take on it yeah. yeah don't you're not Shakespeare don't be trying to be messing with that stuff you know I think I've learned more about Shakespeare and yeah that's like explanation mm. than I did for a whole year at school yeah so. well oh, I would love to go to schools and help people with Shakespeare but yeah, yeah. I like Shakespeare too I only did it in school as well like mm-hmm. I think we did Romeo and Juliet and Othello um, and I haven't read anything else and I should because I did I love that see the way you did that piece that was how I memorised lines from my leaving cert. Yes, just yeah. to do it musically. A rhythm, a yeah. music, um, colours. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes if, if I'm learning lines, if, if the last word ends in though and the next sentence starts with can, and for some reason I can't seem to link these two, I just go can though, can though, can though, can though. So then I go through it, though Canada, you know, it just mm. flows. Yeah. I, I mean, you look like an absolute weirdo. You know, sometimes I'm on my phone, pretend I'm on my phone saying lines into my phone just to get the words in my mouth. <laughs> it's challenging, but it sounds, yeah. You did a great job there, by the way. That was really good. And, uh, like, I, the only thing I can remember about being enthused about Shakespeare was our teacher told us all the dirty jokes in Romeo and Juliet, which there's lots of. Are there? So, yeah. <laughs> Quite a few. So he caught our ear and eye by doing that, and that kind of got us a little bit engaged okay. in the whole the whole idea of it. Do you have a favourite Shakespeare play? Mm. Oh, I've loads. I can't. Oh, it's like picking your favourite child, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> picking your favourite child. <laughs> recent um, take on a Shakespeare play I saw was by Pan Pan Theatre Company who I'm working with at the moment and they did a very interesting production of Hamlet and they mm-hmm. called it the, the Dane um, and they had an actual uh, great Dane on the stage it was beautifully mm-hmm. done visually gorgeous and um, very very funny so the director was on the stage and he was behind this desk with his producer and the stage manager and three guys come in to audition for Hamlet. And uh, before the second half, the, audi- the audience have to get up and stand behind the person they want to play Hamlet for the rest of the play. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like yeah. the X Factor meets Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, Gavin Quinn is the director. He's, he's quite a genius. He likes to keep everybody on their toes, um, which is 
I would just come from the rehearsal room. He definitely does. So we should fun. say we're very appreciative. Jane has left. Yes. <laughs> we are so happy to, to have her. Come and speak to us, mere mortals down at Dyslexia Tower. So we very much appreciate it. <laughs> kind of help you in day-to-day stuff um it's funny i use siri a lot i i used to find her very annoying because sometimes you just leave your phone on the counter and then she'd just start talking to you <laughs> but uh, she's actually very useful um so i'm horrendous at spelling and um understanding the meaning of words okay um so i might just go if i'm reading a script or something i'd go uh what does this word mean and then she, i she'd it'll come up and then it'd say read it to me (laughs) even more just just read it to me um and it just helps to listen and you know I might just go um spell spell I can't even think of a long word um I can't even think of a word. Discombobulation. Spell discombobulated. (laughs) That that is a long word. word. Yeah (laughs) and then she go discombobulated d-i and you're like great fantastic um, so that that helps me a lot, and okay. I was playing around with the um, the little stick that you scan the sentence and it reads it back to you. Oh yeah, a reader cool. pen. Reader pen, mm. yeah, yeah, they they were really great. Mm. Um, but I think Siri is nice and quick. Yeah, she's you have just it all instant. the time. Yeah. in your because it saves time. Because mm. otherwise, I'd be going on to Google trying to type in this word and what does it mean? Use it in a sentence. I still don't understand what this word means. Now I'm going to have to get ring my mom go can you help me with my script and help me understand what the this yeah mm. but I mean I'm used to asking for people for help so but Siri allows you to do that without having to yes. so if you're in a yeah. tight squeeze you can just kind of go okay Siri yeah yeah, yeah. and then I was talking to my brother and I was like technology's gas isn't it and then she just lit up and goes haha I'm glad you think so it's <laughs> <laughs> really freaky Siri is always listening yes I always say there's never been a better time to be dyslexic because this technology yeah. is just so much more accessible and normal and it's kind of in your handbag or in your pocket and you, mm-hmm. you, know, you don't look strange by using it. Um, yeah. And a lot of this stuff like Siri is used by non-dyslexic people the same way. So it's, yeah. it's not, yeah, it's it's not a weird thing to be doing. No. Exactly. It doesn't stand you out because I've used Siri a lot too. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's my friend. Okay, uh, black hat time again. Uh, okay, Donald, you take this one. Okay, uh, Jane, I am going to pull one out for you. Okay, ah, okay. So um, we are always saying to people at the Dyslexia Association that dyslexia looks different in different people, and there's no one type of dyslexia. There's no one person with dyslexia. Mm-hmm. So, um, what does your dyslexia look like? Yeah, well, that's an interesting question. Really good one as well. Um, I suppose that dyslexia affects people in different ways depending on how severe or mild it is and how they also react with it. Um, so for me, if I could describe my dyslexia, um, this is very random now, but the seasons, I don't know if, if anybody has this, but it's hard to say it over the voice recording because I deal with pictures, you know. Um, <laughs> but I suppose I start my year with September for some reason. Okay. And it, it's over in the bottom right corner 
September and then it goes into October, November and it goes around in a, a weird grid and the summertime is over my head. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's almost like it goes in a clock, but it it, it ends... I think it's because oh, another year started September, the summer's over. Maybe it reminds me of school. It's just an academic year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, I, I suppose when, when I'm reading or if I'm looking at something for the first time, uh, the, the letters just dance around. Some people might say it goes backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, sometimes like my D's and P's or... Um, I, I do panic when I have to read out loud as well and yeah. I say the wrong word when it's a completely different word but definitely words dance around and it's almost like um, I don't know if you if you have any vivid dreams but my, my dreams are very vivid and a lot of them include me having to read so like classic anxi- yes. anxiety dreams yeah and I mean people that I've spoken to who do not have dyslexia say when they have to read in their dreams mm. the words dance around the page and I said well think about that in real life because that's what happens to me <laughs> you know and mm. it, it helps people have um, sympathy around it as well once they kind of get into your head a little bit then mm. they kind of understand I think that's an important thing as well um, not so, to block people off and go this is the way I do it you know yeah. it's it's important to share you said a few times just in the, in the chat here that I don't want to speak for other people with dyslexia. So you're kind of hyper aware that other people's yes, experiences are different. Yes, other people, very different. Um, Does that come from being told how you should feel by other dyslexics? Um, no, not necessarily. Okay. Um, because I, I, know, I know some people, when they write, they write backwards, whereas I could easily go, no, you don't. You don't write backwards, for God's sake. Yeah. But I can't say that because it's... It's somebody else's experience with their dyslexia. Okay. Um, yeah. So you've got empathy for what they're saying because you've been on that side of it. Yes, and I also, I have empathy for people who are trying to understand dyslexia as well. Hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be impatient with somebody if they don't understand me. Yeah. So it's it's a weird kind of back and forth understanding game, you know. Yeah. Um, but it, it's important, you know. So, mm-hmm. like my my brother is is very very smart. You know, he's he's a captain of a, a super yacht, so he's in school. He was a sorry, John. I'm sure you don't mind this. I've always told this story. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> God damn you! Um, he's on the other side of the world, so he can't get me. Just don't get your tickets on this yacht. When John was in school, um, he was such a messer, but it was because he couldn't settle, he couldn't be still because he was actually extremely bright and he was kind of high, he was almost like he was hiding the fact that he was very, very smart guy and he was just kind of bored. Whereas for me, I'd be, if I was sitting next to my brother in the classroom, I'd just be like, how did you get there so fast? Oh, you know, you need to focus. Uh. Um, but he he did very well, you know, because... But he, I suppose, I have to be patient with him not understanding my dyslexia. Okay, yeah. And the other way around. Yeah, right. otherwise you're both a bit frustrated. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
we are we're sitting here doing a podcast and uh, obviously a lot of people like listening to podcasts uh, increasingly and people with dyslexia quite like them obviously because it's an audio format and you can uh, access lots of interesting ideas and, and messages do you apart from this podcast of course of which course is the best one in the world one, <laughs> number one in the ratings not sure which ratings we're looking at but definitely number one in my head anything else you listen to that you could recommend to uh, our numerous listeners yes um i suppose on your commute to work or you know school or mm. whatever you're sitting at home and you don't necessarily want to take out a book on the stuffed dart or the stuffed bus, you know, you get a bit nauseous, or you can't read very well because you're like me and have dyslexia. Um, I listen to, every Wednesday, Blind Boy podcast. Oh, yeah. he's, he's from uh, the Rubber Bandits, and uh, he's a very hyper-intelligent guy, very, very funny, and it's an, uh, about 50 minutes, and he does interviews every so often with... Um, uh, very successful writers and politicians and um, but what I love about him is he's not afraid to be vulnerable and aff- not afraid to be himself yeah. I know he gets challenged about the bag on his head but I get it he doesn't <laughs> want to go to little buying his carrots and people you know go, oh hey buying boy I love your show you know so that that's absolutely fine but I definitely recommend recommend listening to Blind Boy podcast. Brilliant. Yeah. And in an, another universe, Blind Boy is going to be recommending our podcast next week. Come on, Blind We'll tweet him. So I have a little bit of an embarrassing story, but uh, I'm not afraid to share it just in case any other people <laughs> with dyslexia have any embarrassing stories. So, um. I get I get a little bit anxious in big shopping centres and malls and things like oh, that. Oh, I do too. Yeah, yeah, um, because I don't have a great sense of direction, and when I get lost, I get very panicked. And I, yeah. Anyway, so basically, <laughs> I was in a big shopping centre, and I was going around doing my bits of Christmas shopping, and everybody's like plowing through the place with their big bags on them, and they're hey, come over here, come over here, like stop, I want this, I want this, I want that, and you're just like, oh, this is just madness, um, and you're just trying to get all these Christmas presents, and uh, I got lost in this shopping center, and I've been to the shopping center about a hundred times, and. What I forgot to do, this is a little thing I do when I park my car, I face the big animal and I go, I'm in panda, 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 panda. (laughs) And what I do is I park my car, I count the lanes that I've parked in. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, I'm the fifth lane in. Okay, and then I'm about, uh, you know, a 90-degree angle from the door. You know, sometimes I have to do this mm-hmm. um, because my sense of direction just goes. So I was in the shopping centre trying to leave. <laughs> like, I, I mean, how stupid is that? Just try, you know... And um, I'm not going to ask a security guard, just just keep, you'll be fine. So I went to the bottom floor, giraffe. Was it a giraffe? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, okay, let's go back upstairs. And then I found the panda. I was like, it was a panda. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. So I go back inside the shopping centre. And I mean, my the car meter is going up to about a tenner at this stage. Like, there's... <laughs> So I started circling the shopping centre. I started getting very anxious. I was like, you know what, Jane, just just ask the security guard. Tell him you're lost. 
So um, I went up security guard and there was such a big lump in my throat. I thought I was going to burst into tears. So I just looked at him and I was like, hello. And he was like, you're right, love. And I was like, I'm lost. I started crying. Oh. And I said, I thought I came in this door, but I don't know what door it came in. And the signs are really different. And I just got completely overwhelmed. And he was like, ah, you're all right. You're okay. So um, apparently there's a number on the back of the ticket. And if you go and press help. So all you dyslexic people out there, if you ever get lost in a shopping centre, don't be afraid to ask for help. And press the help button in the parking lot. And uh, so I pressed the help button and I gave him my number and he was able to tell me exactly where my car was. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. that's brilliant. Um, <laughs> and he goes, okay, so I go out there, right? And then you take a left, right? And then you go right. And I was like, ah, here, <laughs> I'm done. So you're halfway there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's my little embarrassing so did story. You, did you get home that evening in time to wrap your Christmas present? I did. I did, yeah. <laughs> I don't know when, this, the end is, of the world. when this podcast mm-hmm. is going out, but it's, you've inadvertently panicked everyone about Christmas so I know I, yes. I apologise I apologise yeah yeah thanks for coming in Jane it was so nice to meet you and you're doing something really exciting this week what is it yes um, so at the moment I'm rehearsing with Pan Pan Theatre Company and the show is called Eliza's Adventures in the Uncanny Valley I know it's a bit of a mouthful written by the amazingly talented Eugene O'Brien and it's going to be on in the Samuel Beckett Theatre for the Dublin Theatre Festival on the 3rd of October to the 7th of October. Wow, that's very exciting. That's actually Dyslexia Awareness Week this week too, yes. so that's brilliant. Um, yeah, we'd love to get down and see it. Thank you. Fantastic. If you would uh, like to suggest someone who would take part in the podcast, please drop us a line. Or if you have any questions for us, our email address is podcast at dyslexia.ie. Podcast at dyslexia.ie. And tell your friends and tune in to the next episode of This and That, the podcast from the Dyslexia Association of Ireland. <laughs>